So what happens when one former U.S. Army recruiter interviews another former U.S. Army recruiter? Hmm. The stories get wild. That's coming up next. Trust and believe. Welcome back. So all this week, if you've been tracking, we've been conducting interviews all this week. Monday was an interview. Tuesday was an interview. So today will be the third interview for this week. And typically Thursdays is you know slated for Jim Shoe Stories on the Thursday. Kind of push that to the side just for this week. And we're going to execute our third interview for the week. And I'm interviewing former Army First Sergeant Mr. Neese, as you can see here in the thumbnail. And we have a history together. We have the same MOS 92 Alpha in the Army. And both of us were former U.S. Army recruiters. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Nomad Cast presents the interview with Mr. Neese. Trust and believe. Trust and believe, ladies and gentlemen. You are tuned into episode 125 of the Nomad Cast, a podcast that covers multiple topics. I am here with a good friend of mine, a battle buddy, as we say in the army, or did they transition to warrior companion, whatever they talk about. But uh, this gentleman, we were stationed in Okinawa, Japan. What a time to be alive to be stationed in Okinawa. Uh, this, ge this gentleman definitely had uh, a career path similar to mine. We both had the same MOS. We were both former army recruiters. So he definitely understands what it's like to deal with the mental gymnastics of being a freaking recruiter. If you know, you know. <laughs> He's an avid baseball fan. He loves the Boston Red Sox. I don't know why. You know, maybe we can convert him to be a Tigers fan, but we'll see how it goes. But nonetheless, I want to introduce soon-to-be Army retired First Sergeant Mr. Nice is in the building. What's going on, sir? Hello, hello. What is happening? What is, I like the retirement fur. I like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, like I said, I... I cut it down. It used, it was about down to here. Yeah. Maybe a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. But you know, I had to go final out. So Yeah, I, yeah. When I when I did my final, I retired in uh what was that? November 2020. Well, my leave started in freaking the end of June. So I had the skin face going on. And I started letting the hair grow. And I was like, "You know mm -hmm. what? I should other people say, "Man, just when you final out, just wear a full beard. And I'm like, no, nah, because I still got to find a lot in freaking uniform. So let me just go ahead yep. and skin it. And then once I get that DD-214, the handshake, and once they kick you out the door, I grow the fur. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. All right, my man. So let's go ahead and get started. I want to talk about, uh, just to touch on, we talk about your upbringing, enlisting in the Army, life after the Army, soon to be your life after the Army. And if we have time, uh, touching on some duty stations, favorite duty stations, least favorite duty stations, duty positions, least favorite. And then uh, we'll talk about lessons that you learned in the Army that you're going to apply to your regular life. And then for the closing remarks, you can plug any business or anything that you're getting ready to do as it relates to the future. Sounds good. All right. All right, man. So let's talk about your upbringing. Brad Neese. Let's. Brad Neese is born. What is going on? So, you know, I was a little, little tyke born in Iowa. Okay. Spencer, Iowa. And uh, my, it was a farming community. I mean, my 
both my grandparents, farmers, mm-hmm. aunts and uncles, you know, farmers. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess to have a lot of my relatives on my dad's side still doing farming back in Iowa. Right. Um, and then, you know, stuff happens. Parents get divorced, move yeah. to Wichita and Kansas and lived there for a little while. And then we moved out to the East it where I spent most of my troubled youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, for me, it was just, I mean, it was just another move, another school. Like, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, I didn't care. I was in middle school. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't a big deal to me. And then, you know, I was like one of three white kids in my entire school. Mm-hmm. And I joined the basketball team because I want to play basketball. I like playing basketball. Right. You know, and uh, I think on, I think we were on the way home from like one of my first games and my stepdad was like, so, so, so how do you feel being, you know, the only white kid on your team? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. How am I supposed to feel? Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> right. It's but don't bother me a bit. Yeah. Right. I was like, I like my teammates and mm-hmm. we have fun together. We play good together and, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, it, like back then, you know, it was just, it was just the way I saw the world was like, there was no color, just like in the army, you know? Yeah. The only color was green. That's it. That's it. And, you know, it was just, it wasn't anything different to me, but to, you know, they thought it was going to be a big culture shock, you know, mm-hmm. moving from a town where we may had maybe one or two black families in the entire town to, right. you know, a town where, you know, like I said, I was one of three white kids in the school. Like, it didn't make a difference to me. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that I grew up, you know, where I grew up and, you know, experienced everything that I experienced, you know, different cultures and. I mean, hell, my people listen to my playlist on my phone. They're like, you know, it's, it goes from like Wu Tang Clan to yeah, you know, Garth Brooks to Metallica to Frank Sinatra, and they're like, what the like? Yeah, I'm cultured. What can I say? Yeah, I, I've been privy to your playlist in the in the Japan right. days. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, man. So yeah, I mean and. I grew up mostly in Connecticut, and then we moved to Kansas City, and that's where I did my high school, and mm-hmm. that's where I joined the Army and, mm-hmm. you know, started my Army adventures. What was, when you when you decided to walk in that door, and we know this as former recruiters, when you walked in that door, what was your initial plan? Do I want to just hear what he's saying? Do I want a career? Do I just want some money for college? What was the initial plan? Well, me and my cousin were supposed to join together, mm-hmm. uh, but his dumbass mm-hmm. went and got two DUIs after he graduated, oh. and so that kind of nicked him. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to join on the buddy plan, yeah. And you know, and he he actually was the one who had already talked to a recruiter and mm-hmm. picked the job ninety two alpha, mm-hmm. and he's like, we should do this job because. He's like, your recruiter says all you do is drive a forklift in a warehouse. I'm like, I could drive a forklift, whatever. Yeah. And obviously yeah. that was a lie. Yeah. 
definitely, <laughs> definitely. So, so you know, it was is way more than that. I mean, yes. I learned a lot of the ninety two alpha, and uh-huh. I'm I'm happy I had the experience as a ninety two alpha. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's not just warehouse work. You know, no, I had no intentions to go into college because I hated high school. Right. I was like, schoolwork. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing this? Right. Your, your recruiter, what was your, was it male or female? Uh, he was male. Yeah. What was your recruiter like? Was he like the stereotypical recruiter? Oh, you'll never go to war. Oh, you know, you'll be home whenever you want. You can get you that uh, Camaro. Yeah. I mean, back then, you know, that was, shit, when did I join? August of 98 was when I got to basic. Yeah. And, so I joined, I joined in the delayed entry program. So I actually joined in February while I was still a senior. Yeah. And I didn't, I, at that point, like I've always been like an easygoing person. You know, I got a bad accident in high school mm-hmm. where, you know, I was life flighted to the hospital and in a coma for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ever since then, I've just go with the flow, you know, do whatever. And yeah. You know, the recruiter didn't have to tell me much of, except of where to sign and when to leave. Like, yeah. That's really all he had to say, because I already knew I wasn't going to college, like I said. So uh-huh. the Army was the place for me. When you got to your, what was your first duty station? My first duty station was Fort Lewis, Washington, which I am not. Obviously, I wasn't good in high school. Mm-hmm. Didn't pay much attention. Obviously not a, you know, a geographical, you know, person. <laughs> yeah. And so when we were at Fort Lee in AIT and they were giving out orders, they were like, you're going to Fort Lewis. I'm like, uh-huh. okay. They were like, you know where that is? I was like, nope. They were like, Washington. I'm like, Washington, D.C.? There's a base in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> He's like, no, Washington State. I'm like. Where the hell is Washington State? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and that's uh, most people they don't know. Yeah. And I got there and like literally was sitting in the sitting in the PX food court uh, uh-huh. while I was at reception. Mm-hmm. And I walked down the street to the food court to the PX because, you know, we didn't have anything to do. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sitting in the food court eating a piece of pizza. And uh, I look out the window of the PX food court area is just mm-hmm. a big window in Fort Lewis. Yeah. I look out the window and I see Mount Rainier. I was yeah. like, holy shit. Yes. I was like, what is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was dumbfounded, man. I was yeah. like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> no matter where you look, when you at Fort Lewis, commonly known now as freaking JBLM, but we still call yeah. it Fort Lewis. I yep. remember I was there from uh, 07 to 10. And when I am processed, I remember looking out that window and the guy, the staff sergeant, he was like, y'all look out the window. He said, you see Mount Rainier? We was like, Roger. He's like, "Uh, if that thing erupt, you got like 50 minutes to evacuate. And the only way you can leave is I-5. Uh-huh. Yeah. So in other words, you're going to die. Yeah, pretty much. Anybody who's been to Fort Lewis knows. The I five is yes. just horrible. It's like a freaking parking lot. Cars never go anywhere. So after yeah. you left, after you left Fort Lewis, where did you go? 
So I spent quite a few time, quite a time in Fort Lewis, but okay. I left shortly after I got there. I did a tour in Korea. Mm-hmm. Where so I went to Korea for a year. I was at Camp Stanley. Oh yeah, it's closed down now. Camp Stanley is. Yeah, Stanley closed when I was. Uh, I was in the last time I was in Korea was from seventeen to eighteen, and it was just closing around that time. Really? Yep. Huh. But yeah, I did my time at Camp Stanley, and then you know I did my year there, and then went right back to Fort Lewis, and I was there. Mm -hmm. I was at Fort Lewis until. 2000. What was that? I think it was 2006 when I left for recruiting. Yeah. Okay. Now you, when you went on recruiting, it was your recruiting time was definitely different from when I was a recruiter. Cause you know, during that time, remember they had all the scandals and guys was working yeah. 96 hours a day and all that for the folks that don't know what that recruiter life is like. What was it like for you? during that time when you first reported to the recruiting station so we had my my first it was the summer i was there when i got there i got there in like this like right in the beginning of summer mm -hmm. and it was so school just got out yeah and it was during that toxic era where you mm -hmm. know recruiters started killing themselves mm -hmm. and uh so yeah it was uh we did two weeks where the first aren't. Um, so back up a little bit. So we made mission, mm -hmm. right? Commander and first aren't come to our station mm -hmm. and they start yelling at us. <laughs> and I'm like, didn't we make mission? Yeah. Like, is that a good thing? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah. I'm like, why the fuck are they yelling at us? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the next month we missed, we missed mission by like three or four mm -hmm. and they came to the station and I'm like, Oh, here we go again. This one's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, we, we all have our bad months guys. We just got to pick ourselves up and, mm -hmm. you know, charge for next month. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the hell is going on? I'm like, I'm so confused. Yeah. And then, so that month was, they spent, we spent two weeks where we were out, um, we were out doing freaking, uh, so we had to do cold calls. Yes. Remember those? Yes. So we had yes. to do cold calls until nine o'clock at night. Mm hmm. And yes. then at nine o'clock at night, we had to go P3 yeah. until midnight. Yep. So, I, I had about a day of that. Mm -hmm. And that second day I called the, all the recruiters in the station after we left mm -hmm. and I called all of them. I was like, look, I was like, I ain't doing this shit for two weeks. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know how I am. Yeah. And I was like, this ain't happening. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to side pockets. I'm going to have a beer and play pool. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm going to do for the next two weeks. Yeah. Like after we leave the office. Mm -hmm. I'm not playing this. I'm not playing this game. And yeah. that's what I did. That whole, I, I tell you, cause I went on recruiting 2010 to 13. 
and it was you know you're doing your cold calls your red time we will make mission like you say we will make mission but the freaking commander and uh-huh. first sergeant will still come down there y'all not making enough phone calls and i'm like right. but we're getting because our market was really walk-ins we phone calls was just nobody was answering their yeah. phone so we either had walk-ins mm-hmm. or when we do our area canvassing well y'all not making enough phone calls i don't know what you guys are doing here all day i'm like we're not in here all day we out in the street we in the schools, yeah. we in the malls. Uh-huh. Very frustrating, toxic environment. But I love it. Yep. <laughs> I hated high schools too. I despised yeah. going to high schools. <laughs> I I did. I, I I think the entire three years I was in recruiting, I think I put in m- maybe four high school students. Yeah. 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 I, ours was walk-ins. We got high schoolers, but walk-ins was our our bread and butter. That was our yeah. bread and butter. All right, so you left recruiting. Where did you go after that? So after recruiting, because uh, so literally it was funny because you know how 92 Alphas are. We're yeah. wanted, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I got a call from my company commander in recruiting because mm-hmm. we got a new commander at this time. He was really cool. Uh-huh. Uh, we had a new commander in first time. They were great. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I was kind of enjoying, enjoying recruiting. Yeah. But I hadn't decided whether or not I was going to convert. Oh, Lord. You said that word. And so the commander called me. And he's like, all right. He's like, Nace, I need an answer. And I was like, seven. He's like, that's not the answer. I was like, <laughs> purple. <laughs> he's like, that's not the answer either. I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, well, what's the question? <laughs> He's like, so your name came down the curtailment list. He's like, they uh-huh. want you back in regular army. Mm-hmm. He's like, so if you want to convert, I need to know today. I was like, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a big decision. I can't make that like right now. Right. Like I, I got to call my wife. Exactly. I got to sit down and have a conversation. Exactly. Like, you know, this ain't a, this ain't a one way deal. Like, yeah. I'm not I, no, this not is a single soldier. Yeah, I was like, this is a this is a big decision, mm-hmm. and so um, he was like, "All right," he's like, "Well, I need a decision." I was like, "Well, if you need a decision now, my decision is I'm going back to regular army." Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to Campbell, and right when I got the Campbell, they're like, "We're deploying." I'm like, "Cool, mm-hmm. where are we going?" <laughs> and so we went to JBAD in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. you know, and that's actually the crazy. So when I went to JBAD, mm-hmm. right, I, my first trip there, I was in charge of the, the mortuary affairs. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's not my job, but right. I took it on because my OIC asked me if I would. Uh-huh. Um, so I took that on. And so the, uh, we did that. I, well, when I got there, there was a sign first class who was running the mortuary affairs. Right. And I told him, I was like, man, I was like, I don't know if I could do it. I was like, you know, and he was, he was like, look, dude, he's like, it's not a job anybody wants to do. He's like, but it's a job that, that needs to be done and needs to be done. Right. Yeah. You know, you're preparing these heroes to go yep. home to their family. And I was like, he was like, we just lost a soldier last month. 
mm-hmm. and and the BSB there. Mm-hmm. So he was like, we were all in that mortuary affairs that night with sunglasses on because we were balling. Yeah, every one of us because they lost Doobie Wolf, mm-hmm. um, and they actually dedicated the slick yard to her there on JBAD. Right, and um, so the they dedicated the slick yard to her, and I was there for the dedication ceremony because uh, I was part of the ad, the advon for our unit. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of those people, and um, you know. Then we left, we left Campbell or we left JBAD, went back to Campbell. 11 months later, went right back to JBAD. So this time I was in charge of the slick yard. Uh-huh. So I was in charge of the slick yard. And then about halfway through the deployment, they're like, hey, start taking down all memorials. We're closing down JBAD, mm-hmm. which obviously was a lie because I was just there in 2019, 2020, and it was still there right so uh i was like all right so this marble plaque for doobie you know i had the guy who put it in place come and take it out i was like look you know we need to take this down because you know we're closing the base and you know i want to get this to somebody in her Mm -hmm. family like i'm Mm -hmm. not going to have it sitting in a container at campbell exactly so i told him i was like I understand it's going to break, but break it into as many big pieces as possible. So that's what he did. I packed it in a tough box, mm-hmm. sent it back to Campbell to my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually found a mason there at Campbell. Sweet, sweet. Who put it back together for free. There you go. Um, and I found her sister uh, through an obituary page um, because Doobie had a very unique name. Right. Um and so I found a, her sister and I messaged her sister on Facebook and she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, I, I, let me reach out to her husband, mm-hmm. you know, and see if he wants it. And he's like, and she messaged me back. She's like, yeah, I'll take it. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm in Georgia. And I was like, okay. She's like, well, she's like, I'm working for one sixtieth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? I'm like, well, she's a civilian contractor for one sixtieth. Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine that I've known in the army forever was working at 160th. Oh, okay. And so I reached out to him. I was like, "Hey, you know Anna?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "She's our supply lady. She's he's like, she's awesome." I was like, "Well, do you know mm-hmm. the story of her sister?" And he was like, "Well, I know she was killed in Afghanistan. I don't know like everything." So I right. told him about it and stuff. And so he drove up from Georgia, picked it up, brought it back to her, and presented it to her in front of their team. Wow. sent me a video clip of it and uh you know so me and anna have been friends ever since on facebook you know um and then we moved here to colorado to carson in 2020 mm-hmm. we bought our house sight unseen mm-hmm. like literally our realtor was walking through the house on facetime with us yeah and yeah so we we're like yeah we'll take it whatever mm-hmm. yeah you know and so we <laughs> moved in and we got a nice little community where we live. It's right at the end of the cul-de-sac. So we got a right. bunch of retired military, yep. active military kids, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so we're all sitting out in Josh's, Josh's, uh, my business partner. Mm-hmm. We're all sitting out in his front yard or in his driveway. 
and uh, he told me a story about how he made a battle axe when he was deployed. He was a Bostic, and he threw the battle axe at the door to the hooch and just ripped the whole thing off the hinges. So he started laughing. He goes, yeah, it was funny. He's like, so I walked outside to get it, and Sergeant Major standing there like, Sergeant Wolf, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, and I'm sitting there, and I was like, Sergeant Wolf. There you I was go, like, did you, know, did you know Doobie? Mm. And he was like, that's my wife. God. So we ended up moving two doors down from Doobie's widow and two daughters. And he was ta- he was going to school for HVAC at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, on the fence on retiring or not. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, this is like, this is like a heaven sent message. Yes, it is. And, you know, I was like, you know, you want to, you want to start an HVAC business? I was like, let's do it. There you go, man. And yeah, that's, that's the story of how Falling Star Heating and Cooling came to be. That is, and I want to definitely touch on that, but I want to go back. That is the reason why, and I only can say this because outside of White Castle, the military is all I know. Those right. relationships, those sustainable relationships, I guess you can even say functional relationships, and the extension yeah. of the extension of those relationships is critical, man, because you just laid it out perfectly right there. You know. Yep all those tentacles that took place un- unfortunate passing of her but look how right. her reach stretched out to different people and then it's going to enhance your quality of life and everything so that's a beautiful thing man that's yeah that's, that's I a mean, beautiful it's, thing it's crazy like i've <clears throat> and i've told that i've told that story a couple of times to some people in my bni group cuz uh, we're mm-hmm. both in a business networking group Right. Uh, grow our business. Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody's like, gives them goosebumps, which obviously I got to tell them, like, look, you know, this, this story has a whole nother meaning to Josh's family. Yes. So, yes. you know, if Josh comes to the BNI group, he's like, I'm like, don't, don't talk to him about it. You know, don't ask him questions about it. I was like, cause right. it's not something that he wants to talk about, Yeah, which I'm picking them up now. Cause yeah. like I said, we got to go pick up our van and Man. there he is. This is my business partner, Josh. Hey Josh, what's going on? <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. He can't hear you. Cause I have my earpiece in. Got you. Got you. Well, let's go ahead and, um, I want to touch on like lessons that you learned from the army, how you plan to apply it in your future endeavors with your business. And in our closing remarks, I want you to plug your business that way I can put your website uh, in a description. If you're good to go with that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the lessons that you learned from the army. How, how are you going to apply it moving forward? Well, I mean, just like everybody, you know, been in the army. I mean, the the biggest thing is like the, you know, just growing and learning how to become the leader that you're meant to be. Right. You know, because everybody has it in them to be a leader. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just 
it takes the right, you know, mentorship to yep. bring that, bring that leadership out. Yeah. And, you know, the proper leadership. And that's, yes. that's the biggest thing that I'll always, you know, carry with me is, and it's, it's really good with, um, uh, what is it? Extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read that book? I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. So extreme ownership is written by two Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about having extreme ownership for everything you do. Like, right. but the good thing about that book is like, it's, it's not just like, it's talking about military missions that they had and stuff and how they, you know, incorporated extreme ownership with their missions. But right. it also talks about how that relates in the civilian sector as well, mm-hmm. because they were helping companies in the civilian side, you know, do it the same way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that leadership and mentoring and, you know, helping people grow into leaders is, yeah. you know, one thing that I'll always take with me and use because, I mean, that's, that's what me and my me and my partner here are trying to do is we're trying to grow leaders in the That's HVAC it. business. There you go. You know, to because we're trying to <clears throat> like we'll bring on some seasoned techs here and there possibly, but we're mm-hmm. trying to grow. Yeah. We're trying to grow our techs from bottom up, just like both of us were in the military. There you go. Growing them, empowering them. Influencing mm-hmm. decisions, all everything that we learned is what it's all about. All right, yep. so closing remarks. I want you to go ahead and plug your business because I'm gonna put that in the in the description as well. What's what? So, what well, we are uh, you know falling star heating cooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we do everything: heating, cooling, humidifiers. Um, we do services, we do installs, repairs. Um, we actually have a we have a couple contracts right now with um, companies that are renting or buying houses and then renting them out. Okay. And we offer service package you know, to come out twice a month, twice a year. Okay. And uh, you know, just make sure everything's working properly. Change the yeah. filter. Because most people don't change their filter and it's nasty and it kills your AC or heat. Preventive and maintenance. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the service plan is like the biggest thing because like you said, it's preventive maintenance instead of reactive maintenance. Because yeah. you know how Murphy works. It's, yeah. it, the, that that furnace is gonna <laughs> die when it's like negative twenty outside. Exactly. And then they're gonna be like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and that's I would just make sure I'm straight, and that's in the uh, Colorado, correct? What what city yep. are we looking at? Yeah, so we're in we're in Fountain. We're based out of Fountain, Colorado, but we stretch out to the surrounding areas. You know, okay. Colorado Springs, Woodland Park. Gotcha. Um, you know, all the areas around here. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right, man. You got anything else you want to plug? No. That's good. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. You know, again, we had a great time 
you know, stationed on that wonderful island in the middle of the freaking uh, ocean. <laughs> that that was going to be my favorite duty station if, if we got to that too. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about let's let's talk about Okinawa for a couple seconds. I know you get ready to to do your thing. Okinawa, did you where did you land at? Did you land on Kadena or did you land in mainland and flew down to Kadena? So we touched down in mainland and mm-hmm. sat on the airplane for hours at one of the air force bases up there was and that uh we i think it was yokota yeah because i think that's where we landed in yokota yeah yep, sure was. and we sat there for hours and then uh-huh. we ended up flying from there down to was it actually we did fly into kadena mm-hmm. because um we had some friends that were already there. Uh, mm-hmm. My, my, uh, <clears throat> our friends. Uh, he's a civilian contractor over there, mm-hmm. and Paul and Kelly. They came and picked us up from the airport, and it was mm-hmm. like, it was late at night, and mm-hmm. they came and picked us up from the airport. They already had our room key for our hotel. There you go. Like they took us straight to the hotel. They had a big old laundry basket of stuff there mm-hmm. for us, like snacks and That's it. laundry detergent and all kinds of stuff. I was like, man, like they yeah. took care of us. That is the proper way to welcome people. Proper right? way. Yeah. That's the way. That's leadership. Yep. That is it right there. When you, cause I remember, didn't you, if I correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you leave a year early to go into that program? That program is escaping me right now. <laughs> Yeah, I left. So I left six months early. Six months early. Because I got picked up for the training with industry, which That's was it. amazing. TWI. Because That's it was. I got I got to move to the greatest city, you know, Boston, and go see the greatest t- baseball team, the Boston Red Sox. And, oh, you know, it was amazing. I got to go to a Patriots game while I was there. I'll make sure I edit this part out. <laughs> we even got to sit on the front row of the green monster for a game against the Red Sox and Yankees. Oh, sweet. Which was amazing. The Yankees yeah. won, but I don't care. Like they, lightning yeah. could have struck me at that point. I, yeah. uh, I was happy as big and shit. You at Fen- you at Fenway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Gosh, gosh, dog. Let's talk about, before we close out, let's talk about your least favorite. You know, and I thought about that when you when you sent that email and I was reading through and I was like, favorite, easy, Okinawa, yep. done. Because I don't really consider Boston a duty station because right. like I was the only green suit there. And I was working yep. for a civilian company. So yep. it was like, whatever. Yeah. But I was thinking about least favorite and I can't really say I had a least favorite duty station because like I always told the soldiers, like every duty station is what you make of it. Yep. It's it's all up to you. Like yeah. if you want to hate it there, then you're gonna hate it there. Yep. It's, it's up to you. Like yep. but if you want to be miserable and hate it, then fine. Be miserable and hate it. I don't care. Yeah. But I always tried to make the best of every duty station I went to. That's and it. Yeah. So that was that was about it. That's all you can do. Well, yeah. I p- appreciate everything. Um again, our friendship, I mean we that's the one that I was talking to uh, another retired first on I was in Korea with a couple of days ago on these interviews. And I was like, the beautiful thing about not just the Army, but the branch of material. We yep. 
you see a person that you were stationed with back in 2000, you don't see this person again till yesterday. All it takes is a smile, a laugh. Yep. Hey man, I know you from somewhere. Uh-huh. You start naming all these, you know, people that you these common folks you know, and next thing you know, you're talking for hours. That is a beautiful yep. thing about this profession. I don't know if other professions are like exactly. that, but with our profession, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. And you look at us right now, we mm-hmm. haven't physically spoke outside of Facebook <clears throat> since what, maybe twenty sixteen probably? Because I yeah. left in, I left it to Korea in seventeen. So headed yep. to twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about six years other than Facebook, and we just jump right into it. Well, and the- yeah. And I mean if you if you message me out of the blues like, Hey man, I'm coming to Colorado to you know, see family or whatever. Yeah. You know, I need a I need a place to stay. But like, yeah, yeah. Dude, I got a I got a spare bedroom. Yeah. We'll hang out in Colorado. Get some of that yeah. uh what y'all like two inches above sea level over there? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Somewhere between that and like seven thousand. <laughs> you can actually see uh, the mountains over there. Oh sweet, sweet. Look at that. Freaking like awesome. Like right there. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. It's a good look. Well, I yep. appreciate it, man. Thank you for everything. Say hi to the family. Appreciate it. Thank you for everything yeah. that you're doing. Getting ready to retire. I, I will tell you that life is great. It's wonderful. Uh, yes, sir. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. Yeah. God, I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate it, man. All right, brother. Take care. All right. If you ever need anything, let me know. Yep, yep.